Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinion. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. Okay, let's open things up with the reviewer of the week, Emma Green, who says, awesome informational podcast. We could just leave it at that, and I feel like you hit all the talking points for me. I hope that's exactly how you guys feel. Um, She says, I started listening when my husband and I were trying to conceive, which always blows my mind. Like, I love that you guys are listening before you are getting pregnant. That tells me there's something right in the birth world that's making it reach before all these women before they're getting pregnant. That's so cool. She says, and now we are 25 weeks pregnant with our first little one and enrolled in the birth course as well. I love how these ladies cover birth from all angles, medicated, unmedicated, hospital, you name it. I actually think this podcast episode is going to be for you guys. Um, They've helped me learn so much about my own body and what it was made to do. I also love their sense of humor. Highly recommend. I joke all the time that I think I'm funny. I don't know if that transfers well. I feel like in a group setting it does. But when I am talking in front of a camera, I'm like, I thought that was funny. Anyone else? And I have no idea. So like, it's a good thing that you guys are jumping in and telling me that some of my jokes, you're getting them. That's awesome. Uh, but today I want to talk to you guys about, and she t- kind of talked about it in the um, in the review, and that's why I chose it, like the medicated, unmedicated, hospital, you name it. This is a question I get a lot, and that is, what are my options for where I birth? Or better yet, maybe you're coming to me not knowing that there are some other options, like you've heard hospital, maybe you've heard about a birth center, home birth might be this crazy foreign thing. Maybe if you've been following along, you're kind of like up to date on all of that stuff. But I think sometimes I get, um, not so in my head, but I, I know that I know a lot, but I forget what it's like to be at the beginning where I didn't have the very basic information for some of these uh, very simple things that matter, like where am I going to give birth? So I thought this would be an excellent episode to kind of break down just a little what each of these places would entail, kind of what it looks like, what your providers are going to be, and maybe, you know, give you a little bit more information so that you can decide for yourself what that looks like. I will tell you, it happens often, especially, I mean, I see it absolutely within the birth course online. Um, I loved watching it in person when I taught my classes in person and you would just kind of see these little light bulbs go on for these moms and dads, um, as we're together in this group and we're talking about these different things, because what happens is we're talking about birth 
in a way that matters to the parents that are in front of me, right? I'm laying out all the options. You guys know I'm, I really try to just be um, unbiased and give you information so that you can make your own choices. So I'm laying out all the options for moms and dads and they're sitting there kind of taking it all in. Um, and things just start to change when they're like, oh, this is the birth I'm dreaming up in my head. These are the, the things that matter to me. Like, I don't want an IV. I want to be in my own clothes. I want to eat during labor. Um, I want to have freedom of movement to walk around wherever. Um, I need heat packs and, and birth balls and, and all these things. And then we start talking about the different locations and what normal looks like for each of those birthing locations. And all of a sudden, those moms get really curious about, wait a second, Do I maybe want a midwife instead of an OB? Do I maybe want to give birth at home instead of a hospital? And watching that happen and watching people change providers or locations because it suits their needs is a really big, really fun deal to me. So this is part of that. I just want you guys to get a little bit of a background on it so that you can kind of think through what are my birth options? What does this look like for me? What's my best place going to be? So, um, and maybe you just haven't heard of some of these things before. Um, so I think it's going to be really fun. Uh, I think too, if you already know where you want to give birth, that's great. I'm not here to change anybody's mind by any mean. It's just more information. But I think too, knowing your options, I just think it's going to give you a little more insight to um, maybe what is going to work right for you. And Two, just it's totally normal for you to change your mind. Like you don't have to be married to any one decision. And I think that's really important for you to know. Just like we talk about, you can change your provider. You can change your birthplace. Um, you're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. And it's even if you did, who cares, right? Like this is your pregnancy. Probably never going to see that doctor again unless you're coming back to him for a second pregnancy or a follow-up visit. So um, anyways, just kind of things to keep in mind. You absolutely have the choice behind these things. And if you're someone who the only thing that you know about or you've thought about is the hospital birth, I want you to know that you are not alone. I too, uh, when I started giving birth, had no idea that birth centers or home birth was a thing. I I think I had like my mother-in-law had told me that she had her baby at home years back and she had an OB who had attended it, which like is not really even a thing anymore. Not that they don't do it, but it's just like so rare that that actually happens now. And so I remember like oh, she did that thing, but it was like this foreign. It wasn't something that people were talking about. I had no idea about doulas. I didn't know about midwives. It was so you're we're on the same field, the same playing level field here. If you guys, if that's the case for you, so don't stress at all. And then I kind of joke like, right, like you can give birth anywhere, but if you choose to give birth in the woods, that's not something that I have a ton of expertise on. So I'm just not going to talk about that today. Uh, not against it by any means, but um, I, I haven't done it and I haven't researched it. So I love it go for it. But this is going to be hospital, birth center, and home. And I actually want to talk about too what it would be like to have a birth center attached to a hospital, which isn't something that everyone has available, but some of you do. And so that's that's a really neat option too. So I'm going to dive into hospital first because I think the majority of you that are listening, even if you're like supernatural and medicated minded, it's likely you're still planning for a hospital birth or the majority of you are. And so um, I think that's the one that we're most familiar with, right? But when you think about it, if you're thinking about a hospital birth, what do you know about it? I think most of the time, um, the information that we have is like mom and dad are in labor and then they wave and they leave and they come back with a baby. And we know that they go to a hospital to do that, but there's kind of this mystery of what happens in between when they leave and when they head to the hospital. So that's normal. It's normal that we don't really know 
but I think that we should. I don't think that should be the norm. I think that we should have more information kind of like behind the closed doors. So I will say probably the number one thing I'm going to tell you to do for all of these is take the tour, right? You don't need to take a tour of your house, but you would need to to get a midwife and um, ask them all the questions. But you'd want to know where you're giving birth. So whether that's your hospital or the birth center, definitely take a tour. But I think for each of these, I, I do want to touch on kind of just some quick pros and cons too. So if you are in a hospital, uh, what are some of those pros? And I think for, especially for dads, right? If we're talking like, I think some of us moms are like, oh, I would be totally happy birthing anywhere or I feel really safe and comfortable. And that's not always the case, right? Like it's wherever you feel comfortable. But the dads I feel like are like, that's not safe. Like, let's get to the hospital. I feel better about that there if there's an emergency. And that's true, right? They're really set up for if things don't go as planned, they can kind of jump in. I want you to kind of keep that in mind because that might kind of switch over to a con in a moment here. But they they are set up in case of emergency, right? Um, they're easily, they have access to medicine should you choose to have medicine. And that can be anything from, um, you know, Pitocin to augment contractions to um, an epidural, should you choose to have that, any kind of pain medication, antibiotics, they've got everything that you could need there. And so obviously that's going to be a pro. Um, also, if you need an induction, if you get to a place where you need a medical induction, you would go to a hospital and they've got all those medications too, things like Cervidil or Cytotec and anything else that you would need to augment that labor. They also take care of the mess. And <laughs> this is kind of like a running joke, right? Because birth is messy, but even at home, it's not a mess. And I will tell you from my own experience, you know, there were towels that were used not just for baby, but to like clean up after we were done with the birth tub and stuff. It really wasn't this big mess though. It was like a load of towels that got done at the end, some wiping down, some sanitizing, not a big deal. But I think in our minds, right? Like let them take care of the mess. And if you've been to a hospital birth before, um, not to get too graphic right but there is there's a lot of fluids there's a lot of blood and so to have them be able to kind of like and everything is sterile that way right so it's like and this right pro or con but it can be kind of like the the bed um, underneath the sheets is that material that's really easy to wipe down the floors are easy to wipe down all the instruments are easy to wipe down all of your sheets and everything the towels and everything are white so that they can be bleached I mean there's it's a, this nice sterile supposedly like very clean environment and they take care of the mess so that's good you won't need to transfer and that's unless something happens with baby and they don't have a NICU or you're at a community hospital and something happens postpartum and they need to transfer because they don't have a way to take care of your baby um, at that specific hospital. But most of the time, you're not going to have a need for transfer. Uh, for example, if you're at a birth center or home birth and you decide you would like medication and you can't have that medication there, be it an epidural or whatever, you would have to transfer locations, move locations during labor, which can obviously be a little uncomfortable. So that's definitely a pro to a hospital birth. Uh, and you can go to a hospital if you are high risk. So you don't have to worry about Am I going to get risk out of this location because of whatever happens during my pregnancy? You're already in the place where if you go, if you end up being high risk, you can still be at that location. So no last minute changes. And I do think that's a big pro. All right. So what's some of those cons? Now you heard me talk about they've got all the things. So in case of emergency, because they're set up to take care of emergencies. And so I think uh, and this is this was kind of my mindset, too. Right. If they're set up for emergency, they're prepared for emergency maybe they're looking a little bit more for that emergency and birth isn't necessarily an emergency. But I would say too, because they've got all that stuff there um, and <laughs> I don't know, I just think 
it is such a plus, but it can also be one of those things where even in the back of your mind, you're like, uh, the medication's there. So even if you go in and you're like, I definitely don't want an epidural. I want to do everything unmedicated. I don't want any medication. Um, and I will say for myself too, it's much easier to be like, okay, yeah, but this is hard. And that medication is 10 minutes from (laughs) being in my body and making me feel a little better. So, um, it can kind of like be something that you've got to prepare your mind a little bit more for if you're choosing to go that more natural and medicated route as you give birth. I would say too, they may or may not need kind of as a con what you need or desire. They may not may or may not have what you need or desire for birth. That can be like birth balls or heat packs or a birth tub or a shower available for you. So those are, that's why I say take the hospital tour, ask the questions. I know with COVID that kind of killed some things. Like for example, um, having mom and dad, they had to stay in the room so they couldn't walk the halls. So then your freedom of movement is limited to a very small space. It's just information for you, but it could be a con. Along with that, I think typically they want you to do things like get the IV, have the intermittent monitoring. Uh, They'd like to do vaginal exams to see where you are during your birth. So just so that you're aware, those might be some things that you have to speak up about. And then um, just being more assertive in general, right? Like these are the norm for them. And not that all of you are coming here unmedicated, and that's totally fine. I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with getting an epidural and it can be a beautiful birth if you're someone that chooses to do things like not have an epidural though you have to imagine or remember that that these people deal with about 95 percent of the women that come in getting the epidural and so i think it's just a different skill set to sit with a woman to wait on a woman to um listen to and watch somebody kind of move through the birth process rather than just jumping to medication and what that looks like to take care of somebody. So it's a little more hands-on for them and um, they work long hours and things. And so sometimes I think that can be, I don't know, I don't want to say frustrating, um, but just depending on who you get, like sometimes you'll get a little more support or less support. I think too, they'll have you stay longer than if you were at a birth center or at home. So after you give birth, Typically, they want you to stay for 24 hours at least. They want to do vitals on mom, vitals on baby. Of course, some of that's like hospital hospital policy procedure insurance stuff. Um, Some of it's preference. So just information for you to have. And then remember that they may or may not have a birth tub. And if they do have a birth tub, you may or may not be able to actually give birth in it. So even if they have a freestanding tub, oftentimes they will allow you to labor in the tub have all your contractions and things, but when it's pushing time, they ask you to get out and actually birth your baby out of the water, which for some moms, you know, because water is just this amazing mother nature's epidural, the thought of having to climb out of a tub and give birth on the bed might be a little daunting. It's totally doable. Moms do it all the time, but it's just something that might be a con uh, if we're talking about hospital birth. Obviously, in a hospital, you've got a different um, amount of providers that you can have. So you've got your OBs, obviously, who are able and willing and ready, if necessary, to do a cesarean birth. They can also help you birth your baby baby vaginally with or without medication. And then you've got a certified nurse midwife. So this is a registered nurse who has been a registered nurse and then went through her uh, midwifery program and now helps birth babies as well. The nice thing about um, a nurse midwife is... Even like in a hospital setting, they they tend to spend more time with mom. So every birth that I've been to where mom has a nurse midwife, they've been checked on several times. When it gets closer to the pushing, 
the providers with them for however long that takes, be it a couple hours. Um, And I think with an OB, you'll have a little bit less hands-on time. For some moms, that's great though, because they're like, let me do my thing. I want time with my husband. I don't really want to see you until the end of this process. Uh, So it's really just preference, but you can have either one of those of, of those providers in the hospital. You can't have what's called a certified professional midwife or a licensed direct entry midwife or a direct entry midwife. All, all of the people in the hospital have special certifications, training, um, all of that, that, and they're licensed to be in the hospital setting. So you can't grab like a home birth midwife that's not a CNM and bring her into a hospital. That's not going to work. Um, let's talk about the admissions process, though. So when you get to the hospital, you're going to sign in, right? You come in in labor, you sign in. Hopefully you've done all of your pre-admittance paperwork before you get to the hospital, but they typically put you like into triage or into a smaller room where they're going to want to do a pelvic exam and make sure you're at least four centimeters dilated. They're going to grab vitals, some monitoring where they, you know, strap the stuff around your belly and they monitor baby for at least 20 to 30 minutes. They're going to ask you lots of questions. Um, They may or may not ask dad to leave for some of that. I know I've been to births where it's like doula and dad kind of got kicked out for a second or I could go in with mom while dad got kicked out because they ask some like private questions just to make sure mom and dad like this person that's with them is safe to be with them. But I know that that can be a little jarring too because you come in labor and you need your support person and you don't want to be without them and then they're like okay leave for a second. Um, And then there's also the COVID testing right. So I know for some of you, you when that's kind of the practice right now when you come into the hospital and you go through all the triage stuff they also do like a quick rapid test to see if mom and dad have any COVID um, and have to deal with that and then they take you to your room and that's where they're like put on this lovely really uncomfortable robe and put these really uncomfortable socks on so you don't slip because apparently you don't know how to walk anymore and here's your IV and and or I mean all that stuff right but I know if you've been listening to me you know this if you're new here you don't have to do those things. You can wear your own clothing. You can choose to not have the IV. You can choose to get what's called a HEP lock or a heparin lock. It's basically where they put the the IV, like the port in, and then they don't hook it up to any fluids. So you have that option too, but you don't have to do that. Um, I will say once you're in your room, that's a really good time for you to ask for everything you're going to need. Ask for it up front because getting it, it's like sometimes a mom is using it or they're really busy, whether we're going to be with other patients, it can take like an hour just to get what you need. And that can be like your birth balls or heating packs, or if mom wants ice or like an icy, whatever, you know, popsicles, whatever they have there. Um, Make sure that you're asking for all of that as soon as you get to your room. And then another question I get is, can or should I have a doula for a hospital birth? I'll just tell you right now, my answer to should you have a doula in any birth is yes, <laughs> but that's totally up to you. They are absolutely somebody who should be allowed in that space. And this is, again, with COVID, that's something you have to look into. I know some some providers are still or some hospitals and it just depends on numbers and things are only going to allow that one support person. So um, maybe looking into having them as phone support, but it is a little different than having somebody who's like hands on and being able to help dad um, navigate, you know, where to put his hands for mom and maybe getting chapstick and water and whatever else mom needs. Uh, Another question that I get is if I have a hospital work, is it going to increase my risk of interventions? And interventions being like more monitoring, um, medication like the use of Pitocin, vaginal exams, all the way through cesarean birth. And 
the truth is because they are a little more hands-on with what they do. For example, we know that studies say the more monitoring that mom has during labor, the greater her risk for cesarean birth. And why is that? Uh, The more monitoring we have, the more opportunity we have to catch things that may or may not be a true issue. And because of just the way that policies and procedures are written hospital to hospital, that means that when certain things are happening, there's a little less leeway for allowing time for correction um, or maybe just kind of jump in the gun a little bit, possibly for safety reasons, possibly for insurance reasons to say, we need to take care of this quickly right now. This becomes a little more emergent. So we know that the more kind of hands-on um, intervention that way can can really lead to some more interventions down the line. So it is a possibility. It doesn't mean if you go to the hospital that you're going to have all this happen and end up with a cesarean birth. That doesn't mean that at all. But yes, it can increase the risk of interventions. And so that's just something to be aware of. You can also check the hospital cesarean rates, which I think is really important because you can have hospitals literally within a mile of each other that had very different cesarean rates. And I'm talking like the difference between a 12% rate and like a 45% rate. It's It can be huge. The jump is huge. So that's information for you. I If it were me, I would probably check the hospital cesarean rates before I checked provider rates because the policies and procedures that happen in the hospital absolutely affect how mom is going to be taken care of during labor. And especially if you've got an OB, the majority of your care, the, the doctor is going to be involved and calling and speaking with the nurses about what's happening while you're in labor at the hospital. But it's the nurses that are going to be taking care of you and they're going off of the policies and procedures that that hospital has put out and how they practice. So absolutely worth your time to call around and just ask, can I get your cesarean rate? Um, Those who have a low rate are going to happily give it. Those who have a higher rate, you might get a little bit of pushback about, you know, that doesn't really make a difference and it depends on whatever. Um, Stay tuned because I've got a whole red flag episode (laughs) coming up. But those are things that are just like, why wouldn't you call and check those things? But if you don't know to check it, then you you don't know. So now you know, and I want you to do that. I want you to call and ask. Additional rules and COVID precautions. Uh, I think right now it's going to just vary hospital to hospital. So I think that's something for you to ask. But if you know you want a doula, if you know you'd like a photographer, if you want your sister to be able to be there, that's all stuff that should be asked during the hospital tour or at least prior to going. You can just call the labor and delivery Um wing of whichever hospital you're interested in and you can ask those questions and then what do you think is the best thing about a hospital birth (laughs) for me I was like the birth bed Uh, the hospital beds are awesome because you can put them in any position they lift you up and put your legs down and the bottom of it comes off and they can add a squat bar you can literally do whatever you need on that bed I'd say that might be one of the best parts of a hospital birth I think that's a personal kind of it just made me think like what would be the best part? That's what came to my mind. So I hope you can enjoy that. But hopefully you have your own ideas. If you've had a hospital birth, um, what would be your absolutely favorite best part? Maybe I need to ask that this week when this episode goes live. But um, how how about how to make it successful? I think success, it depends on what that looks like for you, what you desire for your birth. But I think more than anything, if you know what you want and you're prepared in every way to get it, then you work on making sure that you have that provider that you trust and you've created this birth team that's going to support you. Um, 
that's going to be probably that main thing. And then as far as the hospital goes, you take that tour, that hospital tour, and you make sure that you fill in the gaps. So if you know when you go to the hospital that like they don't have any birth balls, they don't have a peanut ball, they, um, their pillows look super uncomfortable, you know, then you want to make sure that you've got all those things. Heat packs. Heat packs seems to be just like this issue. Like sometimes they have heat pads, sometimes they have the heat packs, sometimes they're out of them. I always say bring a rice sock and be able to heat it up, but now you're stuck in your room and you can't use the microwave. So just those are the kinds of things to be thinking of, like massage tools or chapstick, or you need to bring a rebozo or snacks for you and dad. All of that stuff is things that can help make that successful. And then remember, if you know, if you have a knowledge of your rights, then you know how to advocate for yourself. And I don't ever want to encourage moms to go in with their fists up to wherever they're going. But I do want you to feel confident in having a voice so that if you do come up against something that you're like, I've already decided, like I've, I've been through this process, it's on my birth plan, it's in my mind that this is not acceptable to me if it gets offered or questioned or whatever, this is really important that this thing does not happen or that this thing does happen, then that you're ready to kind of like stand up, advocate for yourself, be strong. So I hope that helped a little bit. That was kind of my overview for hospitals. So now I want to jump into, this is like a hybrid, I guess, where it's hospitals and birth centers that are attached. And so these do not exist everywhere. I know I was looking for one for my third birth and it definitely was not in North Dakota where I was looking, but there are hospitals that have birth centers attached to them. Literally, you can walk from the birth center through the hall to the hospital labor and delivery rooms. But the idea is that, again, right, like we'll kind of go, let let me start. So there's providers that you can have here. You can still have an OB or you can have a midwife. It would still be a CNM. Um, And I think probably if you're planning on a birth center, most women are going to lean towards having a midwife there, but you don't need to. And some women choose to have an OB. But if we go into the pros and cons of this kind of setting, so you're still the pros, right? You're still at a hospital in case of emergency. I know that that's a big one. And so like literally you're in the same place. The nice thing about it is that it looks like a bedroom and it doesn't feel so much like a hospital room. So the the bed is maybe a hospital bed, likely not a hospital bed, right? Maybe that could be a con because I was saying hospital beds are the best part of being in hospital. Um, but you're also still able to get an epidural and medication even in that setting, um, they're set up for unmedicated births, which I, I feel like just kind of if you're there to give birth unmedicated, which was why most women would choose to have a birth center birth, then uh, it just feels a little more like there's support for that. It doesn't feel so medical. It's a little more relaxed. I think cons are because you're right next to the hospital, it's like we were talking about in the hospital before, it's a little easier to kind of give into that, okay, I think I would like the medication now. So if you're like, my goal is I really want to go unmedicated, that's really important to me, it can be a little easier because you're just right there. Uh, I will say it's not as quiet and relaxed as a freestanding birth center. So remember, because it's attached to a hospital, because it's part of that hospital, there's still policies, procedures, practices that happen um, that definitely give it a little more of a hospital vibe. So um, you have people hustling and bustling. They're probably dressed more medically. Just, you know, things that tell you you're closer to a hospital than just being in a freestanding birth center. Uh, and, And then they still follow like procedures for monitoring and things like that. So those are just some of the cons. 
Same with the doula. You can absolutely still have a doula in this setting. It would just go back to those COVID rules in case that was a thing. Uh, and then I think probably the best thing about a combo birthing place is most moms are going to consider that those who choose it, it's like the best of both worlds. And I think that's a little easier on dad too. If dad is the one that's like, I'm a little nervous about maybe moving into this birth center thing, but this attached to the hospital is like, it's safe, right? And I think dad's main concern is always, is mom and baby going to be safe? And so I, I really do think it can be the best of both worlds. So how would you make this combo successful? Uh, it's back to plan for what you want. Try not to let others get into your head, like the ease of using the epidural if what you really want is an unmedicated birth. Overall, I think it's just setting up that birth team as before. So if you've got good support around you, I think any of these places can absolutely be successful. Let's jump into the freestanding birth center. This is going to be a little bit different, right? Because, well, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> so it can be that they just have a single suite or a room. They can have several of them. I think it's just whatever they're licensed for. So there's different uh, things that they have to do to become licensed to have one or more birth suites. So your providers here are going to be a little bit different too. So some certified nurse midwives who can practice in hospital, very few, but some do uh, attend births at freestanding birth centers out of the hospital. But most of the midwives that you're going to find in this setting, which you wouldn't have an OB at a freestanding birth center or very unlikely, uh, is going to be out of hospital midwives. So these are your CPEMs, which is a certified professional. So if you're at a freestanding birth center, it is likely that you're going to have an out-of-hospital midwife. And this would look like your CPM, which is a certified professional midwife, LDEM, which is a licensed direct entry midwife. This is somebody who maybe hasn't, you know, done specific training or certification, but they've become licensed to be able to carry medication and things like that. And then you've got your DEM or direct entry midwife. And this is someone who has um, no license, no certification. Doesn't mean they're not qualified to be doing what they're doing, but it's they've all of their training is hands on and they, you know, they take care of their own knowledge and and extra learning and all of that. So those are the three. I know here in Utah, we've got some LDEMs and some DEMs. I think most states, there's a couple of states where that's a thing. Most states are going to have a certified professional midwife. And that just means you have to pass certain, you know, quizzes and tests and um, certifications in order to be licensed to practice out of hospital as a midwife in your state. So it's just state specific and it, that's how it depends. You know, the other reason that some midwives don't uh, get the certification is because it's actually illegal to practice in that state. And I know we came up with that um, in North Dakota. I haven't checked recently. I don't know exactly what the laws are now. But I will say that uh, the woman that I was with was not licensed on purpose because it was actually illegal to do what she was doing if it were done with licensure, which I think is super interesting. But again, doesn't mean that they're not qualified to be doing what they're doing. So let's go over our pros and cons. I think because it's set up for an unmedicated birth, clearly if you're going to a birth center, you are planning to have an unmedicated birth, that is your goal. Uh, the other thing is it does not feel like a hospital. It feels like you're in a bedroom. They're usually decorated really nice, comfortable sheets, comfortable mattress. Uh, you wouldn't know that, I mean, anything like <laughs> that anything medical is about to happen there. It's just this really comfortable, happy place. I think there's that along with that, right? So there's no hustle bustle of people in and out and the noise and the chaos that can even be a little distracting with the hospital birth, which is why we say 
make sure that you bring your own sounds like a noise machine or music or, you know, something that can kind of make it sound a little less like a hospital. Along with that is it doesn't smell like a hospital. I don't know about you guys, but hospitals have this sterile smell and I just am constantly like, like, you know, you're in a hospital and you leave kind of smelling like it and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but it is for me a little bit distracting. So I like, and that we say too, right? Bring essential oils, bring your own pillow. Some of that is just how your body reacts to those scents because if you can, if there's very familiar things around you, you're going to be able to relax a little bit more. So that's a pro. It's a little more private, obviously. They don't have medication, but instead of medication, they have lots of support. So you'll have your midwife and a midwife's assistant, and you can have your doula, and you can have your uh, birth partner or husband. All of those people can be there to support you. And in fact, I remember when I was uh, with my first baby, and I was asking, you know, how many people can I have in the hospital room? Because I did want a lot of support. You know, I wanted my family to come visit, and I remember I had a friend come visit. I was lucky I had a room where I could have those things. Uh, and there was no COVID at the time. But I do know that some hospital rooms are, oh, you can only have this many people. And it was really attractive to me that like if I had my baby at my home or at a birth center, you could have as many people as you wanted, you know, give or take. But I, I liked the ideal of, of that. Uh, the other part of it is you can leave quickly after birth. And I don't know about you. But that was really attractive to me. I liked the idea that I can give birth to my baby. They check us out. Everything's safe, comfortable, good. They tell me, you know, in case these things go wrong, give us a call. But I am so ready to be back in my bed after I birth my baby. I want to be home where it feels safe and comfortable. And you can do that a little bit quicker having your baby at a birth center. I mean, within a couple of hours, as long as mom and baby are doing well. And the other thing is they probably have a birth tub. So they should have like a shower and bath and whatever. And you could definitely be in water, but they likely have some kind of freestanding birth tub, whether that's a blow up tub that they bring in or like a, a literal tub that is already there and ready to go. And they're different than like a hospital tub that you can labor in, for example, if they don't have an actual birth tub, it's just like a bathtub. And a lot of times they're not very deep. Uh, you can't even like submerge your whole belly under there, especially like in a squatting position. And so it does feel good. You're going to love the water no matter what. But if you can submerge your body, it is so nice. It takes a lot of pressure off. It feels really good. So absolutely a pro for a freestanding birth center. Cons is back to that transfer. So if something does happen, if baby's vitals drop, if mom decides she wants medication, uh, then it's time to transfer. If something happens postpartum and, you know, we've got a, she needs stitches or a blood transfusion or, you know, there's some serious matter that happens um, and stitches can be done at the birth center. But I'm talking about like if you've got like a fourth degree tear or third degree tear, something that, that needs to be done in a surgical area, uh, all of that would require a transfer, which obviously is not comfortable <laughs> if you are in the middle of trying to give birth um, wherever you're at going through those hard contractions. Again, they don't have medication. So if you end up wanting or needing some, it would be back to that transfer. And then it's typically not covered by insurance, which I actually, health shares do cover it a lot of the time. I think it's like Christian Ministries covers it. Liberty Health Share was one of them that covered it. I'll put the links to those in the show notes. Um, I have no preference one over the other. I just know that we had looked at health shares and I thought it was so cool that they were willing to cover a home birth uh, or a birth center. And the fact is, if you're paying for it out of pocket, it's a lot cheaper to be at a birth center or, um, or at your home. And 
if you're healthy, low risk, and you have your baby there, chances of you needing, you know, extra medical care afterwards is a lot lower too. So obviously that makes sense that a health share would cover that. But I just think otherwise it's going to be out of pocket. And so it can be an extra expense. And I know for some families, it's like they go to our birth center or they have their baby at home and they do need to transfer. And then they're like, what did I just spend, you know, three, $5,000 on? And then we still had medical bills that we had to deal with at the hospital. And I think that's just maybe a con, but something you just kind of log away. That's like, okay, if that happens, then we deal with that. That alone, I don't think should be the only thing that helps you decide, should I give birth in this location or the other? And then remembering that uh, because it's a birth center, yes, it's more natural and all this, you still have to drive there. (laughs) So you're still going to have however long that is in the car to deal with contractions, which isn't the end of the world, but it can be a little bit uncomfortable. So I did list it as a con. And then obviously, yes, you should have a doula at this location too. Uh, The nice thing is actually some birth centers have their own doulas and uh, depending on how you feel about that and your comfort levels and financial situation, that can be really excellent for you. These are doulas that rotate. Um, Sometimes the birth assistants are, they kind of like act in as doulas. Remember that birth assistants though are there to support the midwife supporting you in making sure that mom and baby are safe. Um, They're not necessarily, like their main job is not to do what a doula would do, which is hands-on support and, um, you know, making sure that you have everything that you need their job is to support that midwife. So they'll kind of like tuck along with her depending. It would just be worth it. I think for you to ask, you know, how much support do you offer? What's your role during my birth experience? As far as COVID, that's going to go birth center to birth center. They're going to have different things that uh, maybe matter for them or don't. I don't know if maybe you have to stay in the suite. I don't know if you have to test. I think that's going to depend on your specific birth center. So that's absolutely something for you to think about and to ask. Um, I think when we're talking about like what's the best thing about a birth center, what I like about it uh, and what I find that other moms like too is it's kind of that home away from home. So like I was talking about, it's this really safe, warm, happy, comfortable, supportive place. But it's also, I think some women really enjoy the idea of this isn't at my home. And so um, it might even feel, I don't know if safer is the word, but kind of that I've I'm moving myself physically from one location to this location to give birth to my baby. And also that mindset of like, so that means I'm having my baby, right? So I'm in labor and I know that when I drive myself to this birth center, I'm going to have a baby. And so that mental switch that can happen from using that, I think is really, really excellent. It's just something that it's it's like when you're at home and you call the midwife and you're like, okay, when the midwife comes and she says she's I'm in labor and she's not leaving anymore, that means I'm going to have a baby like there. There's something that happens with that switch. And so that can just be part of it. I also think it's a middle ground, like I said, where birth partners feel more comfortable um, there than at home. And same thing. I think it's just like a mental switch for him. So that can be some of the best parts of birthing at a birth center. As far as making it successful, as far as making it successful, it's going to be a lot of the same. Get knowledgeable, do the prep work, trust yourself, trust your body. If you know you're going to a place and you're planning on having that baby unmedicated, uh, not that there, it's not a good thing to think, well, women do this all the time and I can too. I think that's a necessary component of our thought process. However, I think it's equally as important to not underestimate the power of birth and to do what you can do to prepare your mind and your body for that experience. So that means if you're, if you know 
you know, in however many months you got to jump into this pool and swim and you don't know how to swim yet. You can't just trust that because everyone else knows how to swim that it's going to come to you like it does to some animals, right? That's not realistic. There's some training and prep work that needs to go into it. And so I know, I, I mean, I'll tell you myself, even with my first birth, I had that mindset. It's like, everybody does this. That's why I didn't take the birth course. Like I read the book. I feel pretty good about these birth stories. I've watched other people go through it a little bit on YouTube. I feel pretty strong and, and good about this. And the truth was when it came down to it, you know, and um, recommendations or suggestions are coming at me. I didn't know any better. And truly, I was just sitting there kind of forcing my way against contractions and squeezing and, you know, all those things that kind of we see in the TV shows because I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm doing it like I'm strong and I'm going to push through this. But I didn't have the skills and knowledge that I needed to be able to work with my body. So I would just say don't underestimate the power of birth. Get the knowledge. Uh, if you're here, you're doing that right now. But do the practice, do the work, and um, maybe take a good birth course. Wink, wink. So let's talk about home birth. I love home birth. <laughs> you guys probably know this. Uh, but you can literally give birth in the comfort of your own home. And I, as I've said before, this was not my first choice. This is not what I had planned to do even when I was up against a cesarean birth. I was like, I will find a birth center. I will find, I was looking for a birth center attached to a hospital. I remember I was on this forum because that's where you found all your information a couple years back. And I was messaging all the, like I like posted on the forum and I'm like, what kind of uh, providers, like how do I find a provider who can do a home birth or at a birth center? And I remember when somebody had recommended the provider that I used for my home birth, I was like, well, is she like licensed? Does she have? And I had to be educated by other women who knew more than me. Luckily, some of them were kinder than others. And it was, they had to walk me through like licensure isn't everything. And this is her experience. And this is what birth in, in a home setting looks like. Uh, and I needed that. So finding out for myself that I could, because I was up against some things, like, like I said, that was not my first choice. But because I didn't want to have another cesarean birth, which was what was being offered to me as my only option, all of a sudden I started researching a little bit more. And then it became this really amazing, beautiful thing. So if you're a little bit scared about home birth as you're listening, I want you to have an open mind because it can be a really incredible, very safe, awesome experience, life-changing as any birth can be. Um, but your provider, your provider would be a home birth midwife. It would be the same as, um, or an out of hospital midwife. So the same as you would have at, at a birth center, that would be a CPM or an LDEM or a DEM pros and cons pros. You don't need to leave when you're in labor. And let me tell you, it is heaven to have somebody come to you while you are giving birth and not let have to leave your house because, uh, I don't know about you, but certainly when I'm, I don't know how to explain it, but certainly when I'm in labor, having to leave my house is like, it's scary because this is this safe little comfortable thing. Even driving in the car and like looking at other people around you, you're like, they have no idea that I'm in the middle of contractions and about to have a baby and like, are people going to be jerks on the road? And it's just a weird feeling, but it is so safe and comfortable just to remain in your home with everything that you know and love and you're familiar with and your smells and you know your husband's arms and your little kids might be running around like it's so awesome so uh the other part of it pros right when and we've talked about before where i was like oh some people don't like the mess in their house so they like the hospital well 
I promise you that whoever comes to your house to help you birth your baby is going to do all the cleaning up for you so you don't even have to worry about the mess. Even the the towels and everything, like the most you might have to do is fold some towels. Maybe. I would have your birth partner do that. But basically, they definitely clean up all that stuff. The other uh, pro, I, I think, right, is that there's no medication. So if you're trying to go unmedicated, you have nobody offering you medication. You have everyone offering you support which for me was the biggest difference in my birth experiences. So for example, my first baby, you know, was born by cesarean, in my opinion, unnecessary cesarean. Uh, Epidural Pitocin didn't go well with the baby and we had a cesarean. My second birth I had in a hospital setting. I really wanted to go unmedicated for myself. I wanted to feel all of it. I wanted that to be a very special, I just wanted to do that for myself and when I was having the hardest time, the nurse, out of love and kindness, offered me medication because I was in pain. And she's like, oh, honey, I have something that'll take all that away. She was super sweet, very nice. She meant what she said. And as soon as she said it, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop thinking I could take something right now and this pain could lessen. This could go away. I don't have to be feeling like this. And it was on repeat. However, at my home birth, when I hit that place that I was like, I really don't know if I can do this anymore. I am tired. My body feels weak. I can't do it anymore. And instead of medication, everyone said, but you are doing it and you have been doing it and you're almost at the end. You can. I'm getting emotional. I didn't even mean to. Um, That changed everything. I went from thinking because I was working this out in my head before I had said out loud, I can't do this anymore, thinking I'm going to end up having to go back to the hospital and get the epidural. And I know if I go to the hospital, I'm going to have another cesarean birth. But I felt enough like I couldn't do it that I said it out loud. And when everyone came back with, yes, you can and you are, I was, everything changed. And just that support and what it does to your mind And your body, when you hear that, makes a huge difference. So um, that was obviously something very special for me. Um, It's actually part of why I started to be, I'm like, I need to teach people about birth. I want to support people in birth as a doula. I want to offer that strength, that love to somebody else. Uh, That is definitely a pro for me. The other part of that is it's your own bed. And I know some people are like, no, but gross. Like, think about what you're doing in that bed, right? Like, there's going to be a baby and blood and fluids and poop and, right, all of that fun stuff. But uh, I promise they cover the bed. It's not a big deal. I had actually, at the end, when I was birthing in that tub and getting ready to give birth to my baby, decided I was going to go get get out and give birth on that bed. At no point was I like, this is so gross. So um, just, I mean, your bed can be really comfortable. The other part about that is during my labor, I was able to go and take a nap during labor in my bed, which is another thing that probably wouldn't happen in a hospital setting, right? Being allowed to take a 45-minute nap while your contractions space out with somebody like not bugging you about your contractions spacing out. Um, But being in my bed and relaxing and sleeping, that's actually, I took like a 45-minute nap. I had two or three contractions during that time and I woke up in transition like our bodies are smart they just need the space so having your own bed and comfortable things nearby is definitely a pro con again you're gonna have to transfer for anything serious or should you choose to have medication if you get to that point where you know and maybe you're a mom who you're like I've had prodromal for prodromal labor for two weeks 
I am so exhausted. My body is not relaxing. I absolutely need something to help me relax. Then that's when we use those things like epidurals and medication, right? But that would mean that you have to go to the hospital to receive those things. Um, Those midwives can't administer that and keep track of that at home. Another con is you may have to purchase or rent your freestanding birth tub. So for us, like I didn't have a birth tub at home. So we did. We had to rent one. Luckily, she had one. Um, I know that Amazon, for example, (laughs) they kind of caught on to like people were buying uh, just kiddie pools, but they were like the deeper ones. And they've, you know, people started using them as birth tubs. So those kind of skyrocketed in price. But there's actually and I'll link a couple actually um, where online you can buy an actual birth tub. I would check around. I mean, unless you're planning to use it for all of your births and store this giant thing. But your midwife should have maybe one that you can rent or she'll know somebody who has one or a doula nearby will have one that you that you can rent. Um, all of that is, is something that you could look into. Same thing with like, they might not have a peanut ball. They might not have a birth ball. You'll have to have all of that stuff for yourself at home, heat packs, everything. And the other part of that is, again, it's not typically covered by insurance. Um, however, again, it, it is by the health shares, which is awesome. Uh, a doula is absolutely something I would recommend. Again, I didn't have a doula till my third birth, which was my home birth. And my husband, you've heard him on here, but my husband and I just swear by having a doula. There's there's nothing better, in my opinion. Why wouldn't you have just one more person in your corner, on your team, supporting you and dad? It's all the right things. The best thing about birthing at home for me, I'm just going to speak for myself, but I've seen this with other moms too, and that it's just that relaxing and comfortable, perfect, loving environment that you're already used to to give birth to your baby. I think there's nothing better than bringing your baby home with you from the hospital or home from the birth center or in this case just my favorite part my absolute favorite part was we're done having the birth like I took a shower I rinsed off all of that placentas delivered and everything and I went and laid in my bed with my baby while everyone else took care of the rest of everything and I could just relax and nurse and sleep or rest Uh, that was my absolute favorite part So how do you make it successful? It's going to be the same thing as a birth center. You need to do the prep work, prepare for the best, uh, trust your team, enjoy the reward of of being at home and giving birth to your baby. It's just all part of it. And it's a beautiful, beautiful experience. I will just say, I think no matter how or which way you decide to birth your baby, uh, you can have a healthy and natural experience. And I don't mean unmedicated. I mean, the way that that birth goes, this can be your incredible, awesome, wonderful birth story. I think some things to keep in mind uh, when you think about your birth experience, and maybe you've heard me talk about this before, but I want you to walk through the whole thing. And when you're envisioning that in your mind, it's like, are you moving and swaying through contractions, meaning you don't have an epidural? Are you with your birth partner? What does the room look like? Are you at home a lot of this time? Do you end up in a hospital Do you have an IV in your arm when you're kind of watching yourself move through labor? Figure out what your vision for birth looks like, and that will help you determine the best location for your desires, whether that's a hospital, birth center, or at home. Uh, Another question I get is like, how long do I have before I can't change these things anymore, right? Like if I'm 35 weeks, can I go from a hospital to a birth center and The truth is you can change hospitals and providers at any time. However, 
the earlier you do that, the better, because I have watched women who have run into, I'm 35 weeks. I've made this new decision. I really want to change to a home birth or a birth center. And maybe there's not midwives that are available for that. They're all booked out. They don't have whatever. Um, and so I think their availability, particularly when you're talking about out of hospital midwifery care, their availability um, can tighten up as your due date gets closer, depending on their situation. So absolutely, you can change at any time. Highly recommend doing it as early as possible, as early as you realize. Um, but certainly like anywhere between 20 and 30 weeks, you're probably going to be safe to change to anywhere that you need to go. So hopefully that helps you guys a little bit. Uh, I think to remember, think about your birth map or your birth plan, right? I call it a map because there's all these different ways to get to the same destination. But think about that birth map and what are your top things that matter most to you? Those are the things that you're going to want to focus on when you're trying to make that decision. I think that should be helpful for you as well. And then remember that your body is made to do this. So no matter where you give birth, you can have an excellent, wonderful, beautiful experience that you can have joy on looking back. Um, I want to remind you that this isn't about your what your mom is anxious about, right? It's not about your best friend's worst nightmare that they were so happy to share with you. Um, it's not about other people's opinions. There's not a wrong or right answer here. I think good decisions for sure are not based off of fear. And so if that's where you're coming from, that's why it's really important to have the knowledge um, and education and, and, and preparation behind it. But I think good decisions are based off of knowledge and intuition and determination and I think part of that is having the information like you're learning just right now. I think what does matter too and what should matter and should be respected is what you want. So whatever you feel is best for you and your baby or when you think about your birth and what matters to you, uh, when you stop and ask yourself and you're like, how do I feel about having an IV for birth? Like, what's your initial reaction? Why? Um, dive a little deeper. Understand the options. Do the research. Tour all the places. Interview different providers. Talk to your birth partner. It's a really special, very sacred time, very memorable experience. So I want you to do what feels right for you. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.